Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and today I am joined by my wonderful co-host, the writer of Slayer and a bunch of other books that have made the New York Times bestseller list. Kirsten White. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Kirsten, I'm so happy to have you back on. I feel like it's been a minute, but it actually hasn't been that long. I just have so much trauma with season six, it's hard for me to commit. <laughs> <laughs> that really is how like everyone is when I've been asking them to be on for yeah. these early episodes. They're like, oh no, but the episode's too sad. I'm like, they all are. <laughs> all right. Well, today we have two amazing guests with us. We have brand new Minted Scooby and the man that Ian's mother wants him to marry. Hi, I'm David. <laughs> Hi, David. Hi, Hi. David. <laughs> and we have writer and podcaster. I'm Lucy. Hello. Hi. I'm so happy to have both of you here. David, are you so excited that you're a Scooby? You're so excited. Right? I'm extremely excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's your third episode. Um, and Lucy, since it's your first time on the podcast, would you like to give us your Buffy origin? Okay. I started watching Buffy when my mom was watching it. So I was like very young, probably too young okay. to be watching Buffy. I must have been like eight or nine. This must have been. I remember <laughs> watching like early, early Buffy episodes. And then I remember Angel coming out. So I remember seeing a few episodes then and then when I was sort of 18 and 19 and I moved away to go to college and I was miserable and I had no friends, that's when Buffy was really there for me, which I feel like a lot of people have that experience. It's like when the people in your real life are really shitty, that's when Buffy's there for you. So that's my origin story. I think I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good origin story and like, yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) Hence me having this podcast. Um... (laughs) Today, we're here to discuss season six's Flooded. Before we got started, David had mentioned it's an episode that has a lot going on. And I feel like it's one of those episodes I don't revisit so often. Um, A lot of the beginning of season six, I think usually I just start with like once more with feeling. Um, I do like the opening. I appreciate that it's called Flooded and literally the basement's flooded. There's no like, I mean, Caleb Rorig said this in our last episode, how season six the like subtext becomes just plain text and that's <laughs> kind of true <laughs> yeah it feels like a very unbuffy gag but i'm glad we're at least back to like gags because <laughs> prior to this everything was just like so miserable and a lot of the stuff after this is just like consistently miserable yeah so in my notes i say the true demon is home ownership um <laughs> There, there are a few more horrifying things than realizing you have a leak and you don't know where it starts from but i do love that cold opening how you are you're kind of ready for there to be a demon and no it's a leaky pipe which is so much worse because you can't punch that um (laughs) i do feel like this episode as as sort of emotionally bleak as it is and as much as most of it functions to just set up pieces that are going to come into play later it's a very funny episode like i wrote down so many lines um and and i feel like that opening kind of sets the tone for like there are going to be a lot of really funny moments in this episode yeah yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, it's a pretty bleak episode. I find <laughs> just the episodes where they're having to deal with real life things are like super depressing. And I hate mm-hmm. them for the most part. But I, I did enjoy <laughs> the like very, very obvious metaphor in the first scene where, uh, you know, Buffy fixes one thing in the pipe and everything else explodes, which I felt like was a very clear like, you know, you fix one immediate problem like Buffy being dead and everything else, you know, goes to shit. <laughs> <laughs> You bring yourself back to life and then your pipes blow, yeah, you know? Exactly. Like <laughs> just, to, just to go back to what you said, yeah, like in my mind, because I haven't rewatched this episode, this is like a throwaway episode, but a lot of really important things happened 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I rewatched it for the first time like in over a decade. Yeah, I think this is like definitely an episode where I only revisit when I'm dating someone new and forcing them to watch Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. It's great. My boyfriend had never seen it. We're up to like season, the end of season four. And he was like, oh, can I watch this episode with you? And then I remembered like the whole dawn and just everything. I was like, no, you can't see this. <laughs> yeah. The co-host I had on for um, I Was Made to Love You, which ends with Buffy's mom dying, mm-hmm. his husband watched the episode with him and he forgot that it, he was like, oh yeah, this is an easy peasy episode. <sighs> you can watch it. And then he was like, shit, I forgot that it ends with Joyce dying and it spoiled that for my husband because <laughs> <laughs> they were only in like season two. Oh God. Yeah. I feel like the show does that often where like you forget things that happen that are like, mm-hmm. I always forget like. You know, this has Giles and Willow's back and forth, which is me jumping ahead, which you know, Kirsten, normally I yell at everyone for. (laughs) (laughs) Keep me on track. Yeah. Okay, so then we get, which I feel like we'll have stuff to say. We get, like, all of them in the living room discussing all her, like, bills. Well, first they're in the kitchen, and you have that scene of Buffy just watching the water go down the drain. And I love how Tara immediately clues into something is so wrong. And I love Tara because she's always sort of the emotional heart like she's the one who notices when no one else does yeah um Mm. and and everybody else is trying to pretend like nothing is wrong and cover it and it's fine if they ignore it it'll go away but Tara always clues in and I love that um but yeah so so you have that scene in the kitchen then they go into the living room and they're talking about bills and you have that amazing throwback which I don't know that I caught until this time where Buffy's talking about how they should just burn down the house for the insurance money and then she says plus bonus fire pretty which is a throwback to beer bad <laughs> beer bad yes which I love that they reference one of the worst episodes like way to go way to be like don't make jokes about our terrible episodes it's weird I so I fall somewhere in the camp of I know people that like really hate season six and like get mad at like Dawn being, you know, bratty and get mad at Willow and Tara for living in the house. I do a little bit like normally I defend that, but I do like I'm like, but they really should be contributing. They live there. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things that now that I'm an adult watching it, I'm like completely noticing all these things like, hey, they should be like paying the bills. Right? Yeah. It's like, but you live, you have the biggest bedroom in the house. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, they're rent free. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I have, obviously, I have a long standing grudge that I bring up every single time. And having written a Buffy book that focuses on the Watchers, the Watchers should, should subsidize Slayers. It's absurd that they don't. They clearly is, have money. They should unionize. They have lots of money. What what else are they spending it on? Those horrible suits? <laughs> right? Exactly. Yes. They should subsidize Slayers, and it's a broken system, and it always- If they could ruin them. your life with a stroke of a pen, then why not pay your rent with a stroke of a pen? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which brings us to Anya suggesting that Buffy charge for slaying, and this time around I was like, yeah, Anya's right, and everyone else here is dumb. Cool. Yeah, it's a great idea. Now, I perceive that as a-, as a uh, like a jab at the whole premise of Angel. Uh-huh. Yes. True. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Oh, that's maybe that's what I all, like, from the first time I saw this episode, I thought that they were like, uh, like shading Angel. Oh, I never <laughs> picked up on that, but you're right. But also, oh, yeah. so they bring up the whole Spider-Man doesn't charge, but paramedics do. 
when par- you have an accident <laughs> yeah. and paramedics save your life, yeah, guess what? It. You get a big bill. <laughs> and like, you know, Buffy is providing a public service. It's a necessary public service. She should be compensated. But I say so I'm I with mean- Anya. Most of my notes just say Anya's right. <laughs> Unionize slaying. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, actually, that was a thing I wanted to bring up, because in the comics, Kennedy does that, right? Kennedy mm-hmm. forms a, like, like pers- private security group. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, And, like, I actually kind of liked that. That made me like one Kennedy more. I liked, like, that was, like, an interesting thing. And also, like, that made sense, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. because okay Buffy because they you know in the comics we in comic books we still do have heroes for hire which is like you know Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Jessica Jones and they do charge and they do what Angel does where it's like okay sometimes if this person can't pay we still help them but like also we take on clients who can pay and that would make sense for Buffy to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean sometimes Buffy herself is very black and white about things and this kind of like lends itself to that I think I do like Buffy cracking a joke, right? Because we haven't really seen her do that much yeah. Mm. Um, this season. So I'm like, okay, well, at least like, and her making that joke and everyone just staring at her like terrified <laughs> because they don't know how to like act is pretty on point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and in the comics, like she, I think they ended the comics with her being uh, like consultant for like the police department, which, okay, okay. Sure. at least it's a job. Um yeah, and so Anya and Xander have their argument, and I wanted to talk about this, um, because I feel like we've all been in, like, a shitty relationship, and while Anya's mad at him for something that is irrational, because she was wrong, right? Spider-Man doesn't charge. Mm-hmm. She's mad at him for, like, ten other valid reasons, mm-hmm. and this is just it coming out, and it's almost like, well, look, you're being crazy again, yeah. and I feel like we've all been in a relationship like that, where the person is just like, why are you being crazy, and, like, throws out that term and tries to make you look like bananas but like really it's like no but i'm being irrational because of like a hundred valid reasons that's me and you every week yeah that is me and you all the time david (laughs) (laughs) that's why i tell my mom i will not marry you (laughs) um now xander xander just sucks as a boyfriend for for most of it sometimes he's fine but for the most part he sucks and i feel like anya really just puts so much more into the relationship than Xander mm-hmm. is doing all of the time. And she's right most of the time, especially in this case where I think she's mad at him because he won't tell everyone that they're engaged. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's no reason, especially at this point, there's no reason. Yeah, there's no that. reason for it. It doesn't make any sense. And he's just, he's being a dick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 One thing that I loved that I thought was so smart that they did in this scene is where he kind of like butters her up and talks about how much he loves her and then they kiss and then she pulls away and gets mad because he's distracted her from what they were talking about but if you notice he has lipstick like it's a very messy sort of it's not a tv kiss where everything is like pristine and her lipstick doesn't get smeared and he doesn't get lipstick on Mm -hmm. him and I really liked that attention to detail where he's left standing there with you know a smudge of lipstick on his face looking bewildered like it's messy and it's real world consequences to kissing. And I just thought that was such like a, a clever way to convey sort of the real life mess of their relationship. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That was really smart. Yeah. And so I, Kirsten, we've talked about this. I feel like every time Ani and Xander come up, but then I'm like, oh, but he does love her. And then I'm like, but he leaves her at the goddamn altar mm-hmm. in like 10 episodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Fuck. <laughs> So I, 
I don't, because I do think he loves her, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think he's, that's the one thing I do, like, will defend him. Like, I think he loves her. He just kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, I think he loves her. He's just not good at being in a relationship, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I, Lucy, oh. I love what you said. Like, she puts so much more effort into the relationship at all times. And that's true. Yeah, right from the start. She's like, yeah. she's leading that entire relationship and he mm-hmm. kind of just goes along with it for most of the mm-hmm. way and then decides he will marry her. Yeah. That's when Spike explains that vampires can love even though they don't have souls. Xander can love even though he doesn't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get Buffy waiting for her applic- loan application interview. And I was like, oh, this like especially like you said lucy lucy earlier like as an adult you relate more to this shit and it's like oh yeah this yeah. is me going into a job interview <laughs> yeah oh and then she brings like her great transcripts <laughs> and she's just like so earnest and it hurts oh, I know. so much well because also right i think they're only like 21 at this point yeah they're babies yeah they must still be pretty young at this point given yeah, the, like they were the just, time period yeah, yeah i think they would be 21 because they were in high school three years ago at this point um and like because they're all actors and they do like age them up and they do just not that they look old, but they look older than that. So it's yeah. like, you have to remind yourself, Oh wait, they're actually mm-hmm. only like 21. Like what? Well, I wouldn't have fucking known how to do all that at 21. Like, yeah. Oh, a pipe burst in my house that I now own. And I just came back from the dead. I don't know. Like, do we have to, <laughs> yeah, do we just shut the door? I don't know. That's when I, that's when I message you, David. And I'm like, can you come over and help me? <laughs> Literally every computer problem I have. I'm like, David, can you fix this? I don't know what to do. <laughs> Wait, then M. Fashnik attacks the, it's a bank, right? It's not just like a loan office. I think it's a bank. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bank. Right, it's a bank. And I do, I appreciate it. Yeah. That like when she goes to kick him and she's like, oh, yeah. skirt. She gives her like snappy one-liner and then she tries to kick him in the face and she's wearing too tight of a skirt, (laughs) which I'm glad they finally addressed that a lot of times Buffy's clothes are really not practical for slaying. Yeah. She wears a lot of long skirts, especially in like season four-ish. She's wearing all these like really long (laughs) and practical outfits. But this is the one time when that has a consequence and I thought it was hilarious. (laughs) I was actually going to add, I was going to be like, Mm. what what do you ladies think of that? Because yeah, I, and I've noticed like you said, Lucy, season four and like three, sometimes she'd be wearing clothes and then when it'd be the stunt double, it'd very clearly be that top or that like skirt, but like flowier so that they could move. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but also I did think Buffy's strong enough where she could have kicked through the skirt. Yeah, I've popped seams on skirts and I'm not even yeah. very strong. Yeah, I do really appreciate though Buffy's commitment to fashion. Like she is not going to let the fact that she is out there fighting the forces of darkness keep her from wearing a full length leather skirt. Like, <laughs> Girl's gonna wear what she wants to wear, mm. and I appreciate that she she doesn't let being a slayer take that away from her. So she does also deliver a real stellar high kick to his face after she cuts the side of her skirt. Yeah, it's like because yes. she has to <laughs> jump to reach him. So I I don't know. I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did get mad they didn't give her the loan after she saved their lives. Yeah, I was pretty pissed off. Uh, that does rude. feel real. Like I feel like I could save like Sir or Madam Great Lakes, and they'd still be like. Okay, but also we're raising your loan payments. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Buffy taking the gun and saying these things never helpful. I was like, A plus, also relevant, also ugh. Mm-hmm. And then we get Buffy and Willow in the magic box training room. And I actually really like this scene. Mm-hmm. I forgot that we got it in this episode. I mean, I think I say this all the time, but they have such good best friend chemistry. 
Yeah. This scene like definitely. just feels like two best friends hanging out and one of them happens to be like practicing boxing or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I love Willow saying like, oh, I slept with Riley. And she's like, you know, I really don't believe that. And she's like, you're right. I had an affair with Angel. <laughs> I had to think about that because I hadn't watched up to this point for a long time. And I was like, did Willow sleep with Riley? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> One of my favorite lines, though, is when they're taught when she's mad about them still denying her the loan. And she says, we're not going to give you money unless you prove you don't need it, which is so true. That is, yeah. Oh, Anti-capitalist Buffy. <laughs> right? Love it. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, they do have such good back and forth here. And Willow just trying to get Buffy to engage. Um, and being so excited that she's angry just because that's an emotion. And yeah. she can see Buffy there and trying. Yeah, and like, I slept with Riley. No one wants to sleep with Riley. Come on. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, I would sleep with the actor, yes. but yeah, I would still fair. sleep with Riley. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, he got like way hotter too. It's true. And as Buffy says, have you seen his arms? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, where, oh, um, and Dawn, like, I like Dawn researching. Also, it's one of the first times we see Tara get annoyed with Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, like, Amber Benson's like expression of ugh, like total exasperation being like, sure, take the book, shut up. Yeah. I appreciated that. <laughs> She's Especially so good. I know, because we don't often, like you said, Tara's the heart. She doesn't often show annoyance, so I kind of like mm-hmm. seeing her, which, mm-hmm. you know, it makes sense. She's, I'm sure Willow isn't that great at parenting, right? Like, I'm sure it's mostly no. Tara. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, for sure. Do anything. She doesn't get a job. She doesn't really <laughs> do her share of raising dogs. Come on. She's a deadbeat dad. Willow's the deadbeat dad of the family. <laughs> but she can bring you back to life. Doesn't consult Giles before bringing people back to life. <laughs> Listen, I do love Willow. Yes. But this episode does, like, give the, the Willow haters some ammunition because she's, like, present, like, back when they're having the money conversation, like, She's presenting this information to Buffy while very clearly living in her house and uh, suggesting, like, presenting it in a way that it's a problem that Buffy herself has to fix. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, again, they're all 21. And when I was 21, um, I had a baby and (laughs) my husband was in law school and I had a degree, but I never even considered working. Like, just because the culture that I was raised in, women stayed home with the kids. And so I look back on it now and I'm like, what were we thinking? Like we were having kids and I wasn't working and my husband was in school, but we were stupid and very young. And it was like, well, this is the way that it has to be. So that's what we did. So like, I have a little bit of compassion, but not that much. That's, that is fair, Kirsten. Yeah, but, but not that much because again, Tara and Willow, like, are they even going to school at this point still? Tara is, is Willow? I think Willow is still in school. Yeah. She's in school. Like even in, she's still, she like went back to school and she's still in school in season seven. Okay, that's right. You know what? I worked two jobs right. in college. You can work jobs in college. Come on, girl. Right. Step it up. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You absolutely can. I work jobs through college. Yeah, I don't know. Um, It just, yeah, it does make me a little mad. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a big Willow defender. Oh, I yeah. don't love, I don't love the addiction storyline so much, but mm-hmm. this is the only time when I'm like, oh, come on, like, this should be a, like, how are we going to pay the bills? Not right. how are you yeah. going to pay yeah. the bills? Yeah, but, you know, the dynamic is 
they all get together and support Buffy while Buffy solves the problem. And you can see their relief that she's back and them trying to fall back into that dynamic in so many ways and it's just not working. Um, But, okay, so refocusing, they found Blue Fashnik. And (laughs) then the door opens and Dad Giles comes back. Oh, I Yay. missed him so much. He's such a dad Giles scene. And like the he dad- looks so good. He does look so he good. Does. Yes. <laughs> These are things you appreciate as you get older. Um, also, I don't know why, but next to next to Dad Giles in all capital letters in my notes, I just have, I hate this episode. <laughs> um, I just think everybody's having such a hard time. But so the, so the Giles and Buffy reunion, let's talk about that. Um, I, I mean... Oh, shocking. But I definitely teared up mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. them hug. It was like, ugh, I, like, you know, in the episode before this, we get the very empty hug of her lying and saying, oh, yeah, I was in hell and you brought me back. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And she hugs them and just kind of like looks around. But this is like, she's excited to see him. He's happy to see her. He's such a good dad. It's, you know, his daughter's back. He is excited. I mean, granted, they have he has a conversation with Willow later, but you can be both, and yep. both make sense, yep. right? Mm. I Anthony Stewart Head, I think, is so good. I mean, he's another one that should be in a lot of other things because he's so so good as like a tender dad. Mm-hmm. I remember the Doctor Who episode when he plays like an evil principal. Yeah. Like, oh, he's supposed oh, to be nice. like a nice dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would you? Did that scene land for everyone? Yes, I love that dynamic. I just think it's so pure. It's just 100% like father-daughter dynamic, and Giles is the best. I have a big Giles tattoo. I love him so much. You really? Oh, yes. oh my God. I'll send you a picture after yes. the show. I was going to say, please, please do. I love Buffy tattoos so much. <laughs> Weirdly, for a person who hosts a Buffy podcast, I like have had a planned one, but I don't I don't have one yet. Because like, I'm a fake fan. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> so... We have our dad Giles reunion and then we have the scene where Buffy is making up the couch and she has that heartbreaking like my mom is the one who always did this and I don't know where she keeps the guest sheets like so sad but also question is that the same couch Joyce died on oh I I think so yeah that's gross it is that's pretty gross you know what happens when people die well you're right body fluids But yeah, I, so now I'm like, I need to go back to one of the episodes where she was still alive or the body and check if it's the same couch. Because if they did not replace that couch. As someone who has recreated that living room <laughs> for the podcast art. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, the couch is like only different in the first two seasons. I think starting with like season three, it's the same couch. Oh, dear. Yeah. Gross. That's gross. Gross, gross man. Then we get the trio. Oh. I didn't even take notes on the trio scenes because I was like, whatever. <laughs> hey, here's the thing about the trio. You guys know, I mean, obviously we all are like nerds. And when you're into something, you're into it. But you're not into every single thing equally. And the fact that they like pepper it with like every single thing they could possibly think of that's at all nerdy. They're like, you know, you have the Star Wars references. You have the Star mm. Trek references. You have this and this. I'm like, come on, guys. Yeah, it's real like Big Bang Theory type stuff. Yeah. 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 It's like, and yeah, like I know Star Trek and Star Wars, but I'm not like every single conversation does not include a reference to both. Like, Mm -hmm. eh. nerds focus. I feel like we're obsessive. That's part of what it is, (laughs) right? 
Anyway. Hello. Welcome to my Buffy podcast. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lucy, that's really funny because I literally put, oh, the trio. The Big Bang Theory is shucks. It really is. (laughs) Although I do like that the villains in this are three nerds, which, you know, somewhat predicted, you know, like Gamergate type stuff. Yes. It's so true. And we'll get back to that later because there is that scene at the end where you're just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, I actually, I I know a lot of people have a hard time with the trio or they think they're bad villains. I think they're fantastic villains because they're so the antithesis of what Buffy is. And like, um, I I really like them individually too. Um, Plus I follow Tom Tom Link on um, Instagram. I just have so much affection for him. Yeah. So, so yeah, we have them counting their money. Um, I love, I love Andrew and Jonathan being like, but we can't kill Buffy. And then Warren being like, here's her address. (laughs) Okay. Wait. So my comments on the trio are that Andrew in this episode, which I understand because he's the only one that this is his first episode, right? We've seen the other two a few times, Jonathan a whole lot. None of the, all of them feel fully formed, but Andrew. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like they lean Wait, into him the, being... Is this the Andrew introduction episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. It's the first episode where we see them together. Oh, oh wow. I didn't realize that. Um, and I don't know how y'all feel. I know a lot of people are torn on Andrew because he gets a redemption arc. Yeah. I like him. I do like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand why people don't but also like i love the x-men and like villains are always part of the x-men and then not and then part of the x-men again yeah so like all right the x-men have let mystique back on the team like a million times right. and she always betrays them but she's still always coming back. <laughs> and i always like those lines. i'm always like oh i like this villain as a hero i mean but then they betray them. whatever um but andrew's the only one that's not fully formed and i feel like they lean into tom lenk more like they i feel like joss or maybe marty Knoxon or whoever was like oh Tom Lank himself is kind of charming, so let's make him more like Tom Lank. Mm, yeah. Because I almost feel like in season seven, he's kind of just being himself. Mm-hmm. And they still feel relevant. And I feel like they've gotten more and more relevant yep. as we've gone yes. on. As like we've gotten farther from this season, they've gotten weirdly more relevant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't love it, but it's true, right? Yeah. Right. If season six had taken place today, you would see the trio um, leaving bad reviews for captain marvel on <laughs> but i do get mad that in this episode jonathan does say how they can't kill buffy because she saved their life but then he dropped like that completely drops until like warren has killed warren like before warren kills tara and jonathan's like all right let me join buffy's back to like turn him in because she saved him a whole lot and yeah. like saved him personally mm-hmm. yeah so i'm like dickhead why would you do this but I guess that kind of makes it realistic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, God, where are... Giles and Willow in the kitchen. It is Giles and Willow in the kitchen. All yes, right. which is such a good scene. This is a scene. Yeah, I had forgotten that that was in this episode. And when it came up, I was like, oh, because... Okay, when Giles says, you rank arrogant amateur, like... Oh, my God. Gosh. Oh, I always... Someday I'll have an opportunity to call someone a rank arrogant amateur. <laughs> the defining moment of my life. Um, but I it's love such a good insult. Yeah, and I love how this scene starts out because she's like, she is like telling him this narrative that she's created for herself because we saw it and it was a terrible scene and everything yeah. that happened was terrible and the way Buffy was resurrected was terrible. 
But Willow has sort of retconned it for herself. And that's the version that she's presenting to Giles where like, and then a snake came out and demons came, but it was okay. I held it together. And like, and then Buffy was back. And then when he turns around and he is just so angry with her, I felt like it was so surprising, but so good because someone needed to call her on that. And prior to this, the only person that even remotely called her on it was Spike. And that was to Xander and Anya, not even like to Willow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, and they are both like stellar actors because they're both like acting, but it's not like campy, but like they're like giving it the most in these scenes in the scene. And like, yeah. When he, when she's like telling him and just like eating a snack and she's like, you know, kind of jovial and like happy to tell him, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, Kirsten, she's changing the story to make it sound more heroic than it was. Mm -hmm. It was actually like fucking awful. And he immediately is like, you stupid girl. And her, the look on her face when she like stops and is like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. You know, Alison Hannigan's great. And her acting is always like top tier on the show. Mm. Yeah. And it, it feels kind of heartbreaking, right? Because... I don't know. Like, I feel like Willow did do a fucked up thing, but also it did work. Yeah. So like from her perspective, she's like, but it worked. And it's like, okay, but, but like also it did work. So I don't know. Like I, I, I can see where Willow is like, but aren't you happy? But then she fucking, when she threatens him, I was like, oh God. Yeah. yeah, That's when we get our first preview of abusive boyfriend Willow. And I hate abusive boyfriend Willow. Um, (laughs) But, but the fact that she turns that on and she full out, like threatens him and then immediately backpedals into this like mm. but everything's okay and I'm so yeah. glad you're back and like like it was it was it was chilling to watch especially knowing what her path is this season like that she can sh- that anger comes on so fast and then she sort of reverts back into but I'm so nice and you love me um god so I that's I think that's what this episode does really well it's like overall yeah it's kind of a throwaway episode, but it it plants the seeds for these things that are going to become so major later on in the season. So you have these little scenes within the sh- within the episode that are so pivotal. And this for me is the most pivotal one. Yeah, for sure. I was also chilled by her threat. It's you know, I have this like instinct of like being upset with Giles because he's being angry at Willow for right basic for like being a powerful woman but then you have to remember like within the context of the season he is right mm-hmm. oh absolutely yeah mm. oh yeah yeah that, i think that was like such a good scene it's one of the first big signs of willow being like really flawed and mm-hmm. all of that anger that's inside her it's the first time that it really comes out like that it was really scary the way that she like flips immediately back to being like nice willow and knowing what's coming later yeah i think it's a really important scene yeah, and it's almost like she surprises herself the way yeah. she's acting. Mm. Like you see Alison Hanyan's face like kind of like jump and drop after she threatens him and is like, hey, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like I'll think about what you said and you'll be happy Buffy's back. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just think that scene's so good and also like makes his return at the end so good as well. Mm-hmm. So then we have Buffy out on the porch. First of all, the smoking thing makes Spike so unattractive. that's how you know he's bad though (laughs) he rides a motorcycle and smokes cigarettes and has a leather jacket Kirsten how else are you supposed to know he's bad (laughs) and I love that when Buffy is in this in this dark bleak place where really all these people that she loves are not able to reach her it's this person that she doesn't love that is the one that's able to connect to her and I think because 
that relation. So, you know, when you're really hurting and the people that you love the most, it's the hardest to talk to them about it. Like I had something really traumatic happen mm-hmm. this week and I couldn't talk to my family about it because they would understand too much and it would hurt more to talk to them about it. Yeah. And I feel like this is where Spike gets in because his relationship with Buffy, she cares about him the least and that makes it easier and less painful to talk to him about things that matter. Yes, that is really accurate. And while Spike is a problem and also I'm a problem, this is when I do love Spike. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Right? (laughs) I get so worried even saying that because I know that he's a problem, but like these scenes, they're both, they both play off each other really well. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's really good at being, she, I mean, like you said, Kirsten, it's not that she loves him. It's just she can talk to him. So she's going to, because otherwise she's going to explode if she doesn't talk to somebody. Yeah. But he is there because he loves her. And I don't know, I think they play off each other so well in these like mm-hmm. weird, miserable scenes that are like enjoyable to watch, question yeah. mark. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, and like the, all of the Scoobies are trying so hard to protect each other that none of them are being honest with each other. And we see that like Xander's not being honest with Anya. They're not being honest with everybody else. Willow and Buffy are never having any actual real conversations. Like they're all so busy trying to protect each other that they're actually hurting each other, which we see when Buffy's out on the porch listening to Giles and Willow fight and feeling like it's her fault, but she's not going to go and talk to them and they're not going to come out and talk to her. Um, Also, I just love it when after they've had this conversation, she says, so, what do you know about finances? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spike is who you're turning to. You're in trouble. He lives in a crypt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, yeah, it is really heartbreaking that, like, I completely forgot that she hears that entire fight, right? Yeah. And no one does anything about it. Like, no one yep. talks about it. But she hears that entire fight, and I, I had completely forgot like, for me, it's just, oh, she's outside and Spike and her have a good scene. And I thought this was the end of the episode, by the way. It's not, but uh-huh. it felt like a very, very, like, it felt l- much longer than, like, an hour. Well, there was no, there's no real through line on this episode. Like, usually it's, here's the threat. We research the threat. We think we have it figured out. We don't have it figured out. Yay, we figured it out. The threat is over. But with this one, Mafashnik is really not the threat, and it's introducing so many things that, right. that yeah, as a, as a standalone episode, it does feel very sort of meandering, yeah. um, which brings us to Mafashnik attacking. You have that <laughs> scene with Giles and Dawn going to go try the mixing every cereal flavor together, um, and then the door breaks open, and it's Mafashnik. I'd forgotten he was here at this point. Exactly. I was like, oh, right, there's a monster. <laughs> yeah. That was one thing uh, my former co-host, full-time co-host Matthew used to say is like, sometimes in Buffy it's like, oh, wait, we need a fight scene and they always mm-hmm. needed one. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like with this episode, they probably wrote the whole episode and then we're like, oh, we need we don't have like a bigger fight scene aside from the like, lo- the, like lone scene. And that yeah. one's really short and he gets away, right? And that's like, mm-hmm. Buffy's not supposed to let the demon get away. But I do actually like this fight scene. I appreciate that. Also, one, I love a good Kill Bill type smashing scene. Like, I love all of her, her and Face fight scenes because they smash mm-hmm. the shit out of everything they were near. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like this fight scene and I like that we get like kind of slow close-ups on everything they're smashing because it's yeah. like, <laughs> oh no, we just talked about Bills and now we're destroyed. Like... 
they destroy the banister, the table, like... Yeah, but why would she, like, <laughs> set him in the basement? No, take him outside. Come <laughs> on, no, when your kids are fighting or they're being destructive, you send them outside. <laughs> you don't send them into the kitchen. Do you know how expensive appliances are to replace? Come on, Buffy. <laughs> Logan, back out the front door that's already broken. And yeah. anyway, but... Yeah, okay, so they get in the basement, and there's standing water in the basement. What? <laughs> okay, no. That would be the first thing that you would address. You would address the standing water before you would fix the pipes. So no plumber in the world would fix the pipes and leave standing water, like several feet of stand. Anyway, as a homeowner, this episode is deeply stressful. <laughs> it. I think this is the most mom you've ever been on an episode of the uh, podcast, and I'm so happy about yeah. it. Yes, I'm just I'm just really upset about that standing water and they have boxes down there. They clearly have not moved anything out of the water. Like, come on. I know, also, we don't have basements in Southern California, so I'm not sure that doesn't actually track either. But Oh right, cuz that's where they are. I forgot. Yeah, we do not have basements here. Um Is there like groundwater, like an aquifer, like in like in Florida, nobody had basements, and I, that's where I grew up. Yeah, I'm not really sure why. I think mostly just because it's the construction is very cheap, and they don't want to take the time to dig a foundation. Um, okay. And I think it has something to do with earthquakes as well. But yeah, we don't have basements. I don't know anybody with a basement. Um, anyway, so the standing water and then the pipes. But this is probably the most, like, when she just keeps beating him with the pipe, like, that's a pretty brutal like over the top kill for her. Yeah. Like normally she's very sort of efficient and like she'll give her one liner or whatever, but she just like keeps hitting him. Also the mommy dearest, dearest reference didn't quite land with me. I don't think I ever noticed it until this point, but I, I was like, eh, would she really reference mommy dearest? I don't know. She references mommy dearest? Yeah. She, she says no more copper wiring and it's like no more wire hangers for mommy dearest. Oh, I, oh. Didn't, I didn't. I missed that. <laughs> Just because I, I thought she was just so mad that, that very expensive copper pipes had been damaged. But again. Yeah, I missed that reference. It doesn't make sense that the, the pipes would have been fixed, but there would still be standing water. Yeah, so as. <sighs> just have issues, you guys. I know they wanted the optics, <laughs> but. <laughs> I, and I do appreciate the optics of the water. Like, I think it does make for like a cool look. It looks pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, And it's, you know, something we haven't really seen much before in Buffy. Um, as someone who grew up in a house with a basement that did flood numerous times, mm-hmm. yeah, I th- I mean, the water in, like, our basement in New Jersey would only go up to, like, my ankles, right? And, like, the worst part was when I was a kid, yeah, yeah, the floods kind of, like, ruin everything, even if it's only up to your ankles. Like, all of my childhood books were, like, ruined in floods yep. because, you know, books can't yep. be even near water, even if they're not submerged. If they're, like, near it, they start to curl and they get mold on them, which is great. Um <laughs> I don't remember where I was going to go with that. <laughs> but I think I was going to agree with you, Kirsten, that they like, but sometimes if the water's already there, they'll fix the pipes, but you would clean the water first. Okay, so she kills a demon. So she kills a demon, Spike, and I like Spike's, whoa, did you know it's flooded down here? <laughs> that was great. Yes. yes. And then we go back to the trio. Right, then we go back to them. And we have this amazing moment with the trio where we have seen Buffy struggling and like trying to get by and they have the ultimate, all I have is underlined three times in all capital letters, white guys. <laughs> and like, isn't it amazing that we didn't have to work for any of this and now all of our dreams are coming true. true. <laughs> yes, it is. It's amazing. Congratulations. It 
it's funny because I literally was writing my notes say like, do you think they intended them to be as skeezy as they meant the like as they came off? And then literally the line of we didn't even have to earn it came, and I was like, oh no, this is intentional, <laughs> like absolutely. <Yep. laughs> Cause yeah, and I do. While I don't like Warren, I appreciate that he is consistently a scumbag. Like, there's no, there's never a, oh, but maybe you feel bad for him, like, ever. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like that. Mm. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. He's just 100% the grossest guy you've ever known, Mm. but you've known him. Yes, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it just feels like evil Big Bang. And I meant to look up, (laughs) Big Bang wasn't out yet, right? No, I don't mm-hmm. think so. No, right? There's no I mean, way. Big Bang's been going for, what, like 20, 30 years at this point? I feel like that's how long it's been on for, but I guess you're right. That would It probably is like 10 years it's been on Every for. Every time I see it's been renewed again, I'm like, really? <laughs> Who is oh. watching this? Sadly, my parents are watching it. Oh, uh. I don't understand. And my dad will be like, they like nerdy things like you. I'm like, no, not like me. Like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so then we get the very end. And I want to get everyone's thoughts on... So I do... I, I like Buffy's line of, who's calling me? Everybody I know lives here. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a great line. Yeah, that's a really good line. And I like seeing them clean up because, again, that's not a thing we've ever seen them have to deal with is, like, cleaning up a mess they made from fighting. Well, it was like when Giles said, your mother dealt with this. This happened. This is not the first time this has happened and your mother cleaned it up. And dealt with it and moved on time and time again. And you do wonder if Buffy ever appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, just the other day, I woke up and I cleaned the kitchen. And then two hours later, the kitchen was messy. And I tend to be very passive aggressive. But this time, I was going to be openly aggressive. And I told my husband and my three kids, I'm going to clean the kitchen again. And I am mad at everyone in this house about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Joyce never would have. I think Joyce felt so much guilt. Yeah that she would have mm. just just dealt with everything and and you know you do do that as a mother like you try to take care of everything so that your kids don't have that added stress but then if you inconveniently die of a brain aneurysm you've done them a disservice god so, well, yeah yeah Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> but so then she gets the call from angel and like weirdly that made me tear up i'm not sure why but I like that. I hate that we never got to see that because at the time they were on different networks and not allowed to cross over. Um, because I do know in the like Angel episode that aired the same night, at the end, he's like, Buffy's back and he goes to call her. Mm-hmm. But then we just never. Oh, you just never see it. Yeah, right. I didn't remember that because it's been so long since I watched Angel. Yeah. I was like, I wonder which crossover episode that was. I don't remember that one. But yeah, because at the time they weren't, it wasn't until the last season of Buffy. That they like made a deal where like okay they can we can use faith for both shows and that's mm-hmm. the way. Oh. But I like that they did address it. That I, I like that they kept Angel part of the narrative yes. because that's I mean that's true to life too. Like yes. people who are important to you, yeah, they move away, but they're still important to you. And I like that they have yeah. that consistency. And like not that this is something that happens in real life, but if that were to happen, yes, the person would call you to be like, yeah. "Can I see you?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true to life. Like Angel's still in her life, still someone that she thinks about, but not necessarily in her life because he's on a different network. You know, it happens to all of us. (laughs) I lost one boyfriend to a different network. Um, You know, but we got over it. Again, this is setting up the whole everybody. 
Giles is like, okay, we're going to go through everything. We're going to figure it out. And she's like, Angel called. I got to go. By the way, thanks for fixing all this. Bye. Yeah. Classic Buffy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like, again, that's setting up the so many of the conflicts of the season, which this episode does really well. Like it's overall as, as like a standalone episode, not great. But as an episode that sets up so much for what's coming in season six, it does have so many of those little moments that end up being just crucial. Yeah, hmm. I would agree with that. Kirsten, are we are we at the end? I think we are. Okay. Um, We're so efficient. I know. <laughs> Lucy, would you like to tell us your favorite outfit? Uh, ooh, Anya's outfit in this is great. Mm-hmm. She's wearing like this floaty rose top type thing and she's got curled hair I think she looks fantastic which is you know a lot of Buffy fashions are pretty bad (laughs) I feel like everyone's pretty well dressed in this episode we must have hit that point in the 2000s where it wasn't like old tank tops and weird (laughs) weird outfits (laughs) uh David um I love the way the demon was dressed (laughs) he was great (laughs) never considered that was a look you know yeah he was very well put together good for you Mufashnik Hmm. Mm, cookies. Uh, Kirsten, <laughs> what was your favorite outfit? It wasn't necessarily an outfit. There were a lot of really good accessories in this episode. I noticed the necklaces a lot. Um, and Willow's necklace, I get a kick out of. She has this dragonfly necklace on, and that is such a time capsule. Um, oh, yeah. I noticed that. I was like, I think I had one of those. Right? We all did. <laughs> we all did. Like, it was butterflies or it was dragonflies. And my sister and I were very opposed to butterflies, but we loved dragonflies. I feel like you came mm-hmm. down hard either in the dragonfly <laughs> camp or the butterfly camp. And I feel very pleased that Willow was in the dragonfly camp. <laughs> Kirsten, sometimes it's like we were the same girl growing up because <laughs> I also would have been like, I'm too cool for a butterfly, but a but dragonfly. Yes. yes. <laughs> you get me. This is why we're friends. <laughs> we like all the same things. So yeah, mine wouldn't really be a full outfit because I don't remember if we even see the full outfit, but I really like Buffy's like flowy purple top that she wears in the very beginning when the basement's yes, flooded. Yes, that, mm. that was my second choice. That's a great top. It fits her very cute. Yeah, it looks great. All right, favorite scene, David? Uh, my favorite scene has to be uh, when Jaws confronts Willow. Uh, I got like actual chills, actual visceral cringing, and yeah, it, 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 that had a, like an actual effect on me. I said actual three times. Um, <laughs> You're me saying like. <laughs> All right, Lucy? I think it's the same. I think just the way that Giles reacts, it's upsetting because I feel like he's everyone's father. Oh, yeah. I also liked it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just the way that he confronts her and finally like calls her out on what she's doing. I think it's fantastic. I think we're all going to have the same answer, Kirsten. Yep, you're right. Um, <laughs> that scene is just, it's so... It's so, like you said, it's so surprising because Giles is so kind and he's so supportive of them. He's the one who's helped Willow learn magic. And so, you know, she's all happy and you're expecting the same. And so then, yeah, it's so surprising and so powerful. And again, you rank arrogant amateur. Like, <laughs> so good. I need a British accent too. So I got to, first I got to find something to say that to. Second, I got to have a British accent. So that's a more cut out for me, but that's my favorite thing. <laughs> that's like... Yeah, it's like some, I mean, David will attest to this, some like insults in Spanish sound, they just sound better in Spanish. And oh, yeah. Translate. It's like, eh, that doesn't really translate to anything. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite scene as well. Same, same. Uh, so great. Now we'll grade the episode. Kirsten, what grade do you give it? Oh, um, 
I'm going to be a hard grader today. I'm going to say B minus C plus. I felt like the the action of the episode and the overall plot was quite weak, but you did have so many small moments that are really important that it had to happen. Um, so yeah, yeah, B minus C plus. Overall forgettable, but with some great moments. All right. Uh, Lucy? Yeah, about the same. I'd give it about a C. I feel like it's... It's mostly boring. Like, it's difficult to watch and it's a little bleak at times, but it, it has a lot of important character development. And it basically says that the real monster is capitalism and adult life. So, <laughs> <laughs> I support that. <laughs> David? <laughs> uh, solid B from me. Uh, it was kind of, it, it, I think it felt wrong. It felt long because of uh, bad structuring. But mm-hmm. like everyone else said, there were great individual and important moments. Right. Yeah, same exact thing. I put C plus slash B minus. Yeah, I, I have nothing new to say about it. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Lucy, for guesting. Thank you, David, for becoming a Scooby and Kirsten for being my fabulous, as always, guest co-host. Um, not even guest, regular co-host. Um, <laughs> if you all want to follow SlayerFest98, you can find us on Twitter at SlayerFestX98. And you can find us on Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and you can subscribe to my Patreon where you can hear some mini episodes. And if you want to follow me on the internet, I'm at Ian X Carlos on all platforms. Kirsten, where can people find you? So I'm on Twitter at, at Kirsten White, uh, www.kirstenwhite.com, and on Instagram at uh, at, uh, at 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 <laughs> at 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 Kirsten White. Or you can read my book, Slayer, which is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff book Yay. that talks about how bad the Watchers are for not financially supporting Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lucy, where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter at LucyXIV. I'm also on a podcast called Bunta Vista, which is linked in my Twitter profile, which is about Australian politics, but I promise it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and David? I am Discreet Latino on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Venmo, J-Date. <laughs> <laughs> he is my favorite shit poster. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. 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 Bye.